Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's your boy. It's your boy. Atta boy. It's Alex Coons. We're still in San Diego. We were lucky enough to sit down with the owners of TNT, Joseph and Kevin. Kevin has 18 plus years in the pizza industry. He got laid off his job during the pandemic for six weeks and started tinkering around with his own style of pizza. His wife reached out to then friend Joseph and asked, hey, why don't you come over here, work with Kevin, get crazy and open up TNT, thick and thin, just like brothers. We talk a lot about partnership and the struggles of maybe compromise, really the origin story and how they got into this sweet space in downtown San Diego. You hear a, a lot of people on this podcast who talk about, oh, it's $200,000, $250,000. But this is a great example of, of getting into a brick and mortar for a lot less than you think you could. And the spot does not look like any corners were cut. I hadn't eaten when we got there. I smashed two incredible slices. The cheese slice was, was perfect. The dough was so thin, so crispy, so airy. And then I had their vegan pickle slice, which blew my mind. They even cooked us a tavern pie, which we ate there. There was a lot of pizza eaten. Shit was fire. As Matt, my partner here, the man behind the cam said, sauce is banging. And it was, it was banging. The whole experience was, was banging. We were outside of TNT. So let's just say the, the block was hot. You know what I'm saying? We had garbage trucks, police trucks, fire trucks, ambulances. It was a lot going on, but it was a great conversation. Before I forget, make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit us with a review on Apple Podcasts and hit us with the five star on Spotify. It helps us, helps the pod. We appreciate it. It's cool for me too, because working in a pizzeria, you always, for as long as you have, you think like, what's going to be my big break? How am I going to find my way into my own situation? And you can see their journey, how they got there and where it's going. And it's just, it's hard work, it's talent and it's perseverance. This pod was, was fantastic. I appreciate your guys' time. Joseph, Kevin, love you dudes. Your hospitality was out of this world. Rock and roll, guided by voices, big star, sound garden. And I'm pretty sure Joseph said Hootie and the Blowfish. It's not one we haven't heard before. Dolphins make me cry. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Prince when doves cry. All right. Rock, rock and roll. Hope you enjoy. Kevin, Joseph, you guys both from San Diego? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah? Yeah. How long have you guys known each other? Uh, since probably, what, 2004? No, no, 2005 or 2006. That sounds about right. How'd you dudes meet? Uh, so I worked at a pizza shop. No, no, no. No, I did. In 2004. And, uh... I was living in San Marcos, which is North County, San Diego, and I was living in like a, it wasn't a frat house, but it was a, it was always fraternity members. It was a trap house. Yeah. And they were all just shitheads. Um, and one, another person working at the pizza shop was like, Hey, why are you living up there? Like, there's cool people down here. You want to live with my friend Lucy? She's looking for a roommate. So then I moved in with Lucy, who ended up being Joseph's sister. And then that's how I met Joseph. He used to work at Nordstrom and he would always come. He used to be like real handsome and he would come and uh, come over wearing like suits and stuff. 
Like, like, that's weird. Are you selling shoes or? Women's handbags. Oh, hell yeah. Like high-end shit. Yeah. Yeah. On a good day. Yeah. You know that uh, Coach and Dooney and Burke paid the bills. <laughs> yeah. And then he started working at the pizza shop, too. And, uh, what pizza shop was it? Uh, Pizzeria Luigi. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's like four of those now, right? Four now. Yeah, yeah. And did you work there for like 18 years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I worked for, um, I started making pizza, what, 2001? He had a shop in Poway, so that's where I started. Uh-huh. But he sold that. I actually got fired from Coney, that was Coney Island Pizza, which now has changed ownership a million times. But he was busy opening his Golden Hill shop, um, not working in Poway. I was kind of working his shifts as a 17-year-old kid. Maybe I was 18 then, something like that. Um, and I was working like 70 hours a week during the summer. And uh, his partner fired me because I was like 20 minutes late one day. So I called him like, Lou, I just got fired. He's like, you want to come work for me? So I got fired from his shop. And then the same day I worked like nine hours at his shop. He just opened up. So what, he was a partner at Coney and then Luigi's was like his main thing. Yeah. And that was it. Was that was that location in the first original one in North Park? Uh, Golden Hill. Gold, what, Golden Hill. Yeah. This right up the hill. It's, yeah, uh, is that anywhere? What's that big hotel that like? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. it by there? Is, is that by Golden Hill? The North Park one, one is. Uh, is uh, that's a newer there. one. Yeah. Okay. Well, that one opened two thousand nine. His first one opened two thousand four. Okay. Well, that's all right. That's the one I knew. Yeah. Yeah. So you worked, you worked there for 18 years? Yeah, all of them, uh, except for the new Ocean Beach location. I worked in Imperial Beach, too. I was like the regional manager, drive-around guy. Yeah, this is kind of a case of, of the pandemic, right? Do we have a pandemic story here? Yes. Did you get, did you get laid off? Uh, did you no. quit? What happened? So, uh, pandemic hit. Did you say, fuck you, Luigi? No, no, but uh, we, we don't know. <laughs> Basically, there was a six-week, uh, I got laid off for six weeks, kind of, and then, you know, I got unemployment, whatever it was. Yeah. I was very good at making uh, high-volume, 58% hydration New York pizza. That's all they did, and I was like, this is the best pizza. I went to New York a bunch of times, and I was like, it's just as good here, like, ah, you know. And then um, got laid off and for six weeks, was going to come back, still ended up coming back. Um, but we bought, I bought a couple Detroit pans because it was like, oh, there's all this different style of pizza I've never, never fucked with at all. Bought a couple pans, started messing with some recipes. And I was like, yeah, hey, this is pretty good. And then I put it, I think on my personal Instagram where I was like, does anybody want, I'll just give these pizzas away. We'll do like uh, a couple of them. And then I got six more pans. So I had eight pans. What, like, what were you cooking out of? An old 1950s Wedgwood. Okay. Yeah, it was good. It was a beast. Um, and then I think at some point I had like 16 pans and I was, was that before you maybe? No, I think I came on around with eight. Joseph was, then Jess, was, my uh, wife was cooking the pizzas and I was like delivering them to friends and stuff. And then at some point we're like, okay, we'll start charging uh 20 bucks for them or 22 or whatever it was. Um, we had a rotating menu for four pizzas. Usually, uh, Joseph joined on just was like we have kids and she's like i can't you like watching the kids and cooking the pizzas while you're delivering pizza for your pipe dream like what's going on how about what about your friend joseph and i was like okay then uh 
he joined on. Then it snowballed, you know, I think at our peak. We did it for, what, a year and a half at least at the house? It's something like that. Almost two years. Yeah, every Wednesday, every Friday, and at the peak of it, we were, you In the know, beginning, we were doing, were we ever doing a third day? No, I think just two. Okay. But um, we ended up, we got 50 pans, and then we were, you know, selling out of 50 pizzas a night out of it. Ended up getting a different Wedgwood oven that had two ovens because that was just one oven. You could cook four at a time. Um, but we got a model that had two ovens instead of the broiler on the other side. Started going. So how the hell do you make a, a, this this jump? So at some point, so I was still working at Luigi's at this point. Okay, so <clears throat> you didn't get laid off. You go. You you went back. I went after back, the six six week hiatus. Went back. Continued my managerial duties. Um, uh, the boss got wind of it, kind of wasn't too happy, but was like, you know, okay, I get it. Um, at some point, it was just kind of like, man, like all these other, there's a lot of restaurants closed down. There was a lot of real estate available. Um, and we decided, like, hey, there's no better time to look. Equipment was dirt cheap everywhere because everywhere was shutting down. So we started using the funds that we got to kind of stockpile some equipment with the hopes of opening a spot. So sorry, did you get laid off at Nordstrom? Uh, I worked at Nordstrom when I was like 19, right? Okay. And then Kevin got me a, uh, he called me out of the blue and was like, I hadn't been working at Nordstrom for a while. I did a bunch of stuff, uh, but I was working at a restaurant downtown and he was like, hey, we need a delivery driver tonight on Friday. And I was like, I don't have a car. And he was like, you can use my car. <laughs> so I came in and did dishes and delivery. And then I picked up that shift. And then um, I ended up working every position at Luigi's until I got into management of the North Park one that you know. Yeah. And then uh, things kind of like topped out there, which is like a whole nother thing, you know? What's that mean? Uh... Uh, underpaid and overworked yeah pretty much you know like when i got debunked to being a pizza maker i think i went from making like 12 to thirteen fifty. you know what i mean it's like that's the biggest production job in the restaurant you know yeah and then um you know i was getting paid uh thirty-five thousand a year to be an on-call manager mm -hmm. and i was like wait there's something wrong with that you know so I went and looked for another job and I landed in the corporate pizza place and uh, that was a whole different experience than like the mom and pop thing, you know? But yeah. I, I kind of see it as like kind of going to um, pizza college kind of thing, you know? There was a lot of stuff that I learned there. What was it? Can you say what it was? Yeah, it's called uh, Surfrider Pizza. Okay. <clears throat> and um, was that a, is that a chain here? Uh, they were. The funny thing about that was they, uh, the, company that owned them uh the umbrella company uh got caught by the fcc for stealing a bunch of money like 50 million dollars wasn't it like 300 million dollars oh 250 million dollars but 50 million is all they recovered so it's like uh <coughs> she people think that she just like paid it because payroll for the company was like you know 50 grand every two weeks you know so we right when covid hit we were in the middle of being uh managed by the fcc and then uh, I had a really, really unkind uh, boss who, like, 
because we were in the middle of that, uh, I overordered on some paper goods and she called and cussed me out two times. So I was like, fuck it. I'm in corporate pizza. I'm going to go to HR. And then guess what? I was like laid off like two months later. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that, so that was like March 2018. Was that COVID year? 2019? Something like that. When everything stopped. 2020. when, yeah, when Rudy Gobert touched all the microphones and did all that shit, yeah. you know? And then, yeah, I was unemployed for something like six months, four months. And then I get a text message from Kevin's wife saying, hey, Kevin had just dropped a pizza off at my house like a couple weeks earlier, you know? And uh, she was like, hey, would you be interested in doing this with Kevin? And uh, I was like, sure. Kevin, dude, why'd you have your wife hit him up? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I didn't. I, you know, I, it was her choice, and I have to live with that choice. <laughs> you know? It was probably a good call, considering where yeah. we're sitting at today. Yeah, yeah, we're happy. It's it's good. It's a loving relationship. Love you, brother. Well, not to stop like the because I still want to. I think I think it's important with these stories, especially like the pandemic stories. That kind of like uh, there's a trajectory that maybe isn't. Maybe it's impossible now because things have calmed down, but to be able to have this idea go from like popping up in your backyard or like serving to friends and then getting into a brick and mortar. Yeah. But you guys just brought up some things that kind of like some shitty things that you guys had to deal with being, being a, on part of other people's teams. So like, do you, do you think about those things and like maybe how shitty you were treated or the way you were treated and, and does that affect your management style and like how, how you bring on team members, how you treat team members? hundred percent. And I, I just want to go on record for, at least from my end. Um, you know, I don't think I was treated unfairly really. I just think, you know, I had an old school boss that, uh, was a little out of touch with the current work environment kind of thing. Well, it wasn't like abuse or anything. But, um, yeah, definitely. As far as, especially when, so now we're open, we're successful, you know, we need to make a living, but with eyeing any kind of expansion with this company, we have that very much in mind as far as, um, moving people up and involving people to where they can actually make a living, you know, um, yeah, at the other, the other spot, I was kind of, it was always like, oh, the next one, you know you'll be a part owner of the next one you'll be a part owner of. And that happened a couple of times before I kind of saw the writing on the wall. And this is, you know, there's two of us. Our tentative plan is to, you know, have two locations for us kind of, oh, kind of like one pizza shop a piece. And then after that, you know, directly involve employees with uh, profit sharing or, or ownership. You find people, you take care of them, you're in the restaurant industry and pizza especially attracts a certain individual, I think. And I think it's always like, you're here for a short time, not a long time. And like, let me, let me, let me be a positive force in your working career. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And obviously you're gonna have, there might be some lifers in there. You know, the main thing when I get a, an employee who I really believe in or I'm like, damn, this person is so fucking good. It's I think about myself. Yep. I think about you guys, you know, like where you worked at Luigi's. I worked at this place called Tomato Pie Silver Lake. And uh, I think I was always destined for more. But I think now being able to see that in other members of, of staff or employees and cultivate like 
where can I where can I give as much knowledge to this person so that when they want to get out of the nest and open up their own thing, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, and and and, and be prepared for it, yeah, and and a lot of the people that actually would want a, a slice of your guys's pie, <laughs> uh, you know, or to be like a part owner, they really probably want their the barrier of entry is pretty expensive, so it'd be nice oh. to just invest. Invest into authentic uh, experience into your guys' stuff, but you know, giving them the opportunity to learn everything that you guys know and be positive about their growth. You know what I mean? Because it, it's it sounds like we're not talking shit about Luigi's at all. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but maybe they did they facilitate like an environment where like how does he feel about this? Have you ever talked to him? He's never been here. No. no? Yeah. What, we. Sorry. Oh, nothing. Um, no, you know, we, we're at a, the last months of my employment there, uh, even though I was the manager, he didn't, wouldn't answer my calls kind of thing. So that uh, is what it is. But with our people, it's kind of like, I mean, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't some sort of ulterior motive where like, really want to keep the good people and give them the opportunity within the company to make like a real living. But at the same time, there's some people that are, um, there's Juan right there in the back making pizza, picked up pizza super quick, just a natural. He's gone from, you know, he's gotten $8 worth of raises in two years, you know, yeah. something like that. Then you started from the bottom. Um, Our entry levels counter and dish. Uh-huh. You went to prep. You learned ovens. You became a pizza maker, you know. He, yeah. got, he got a job recently at a bakery, like a kind of, kind of mom and pop bakery, but I'm um, doing some really cool stuff as a second job it's and called it's called wildwood flower they're they make good wildwood stuff. bakery yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like man that's awesome like that's something that you know we're trying to show encouragement there because it's like oh you know changes our schedule a little bit it changes availability a little bit with him but it's like man i wish i would have branched out from making uh 58 New York. I mean, but you were always a heavy lifter, right? You were always a Friday, Saturday night I was, pizza yeah, guy. Yeah, I, so. com- I was a company guy, but, you know, I, I really... was a company man. I was a company man, but I wish I had uh, branched out and learned different stuff. So employees, like, going other places, learning different stuff. Also, here, we're a pretty open book as far as, you know, finances and, like, how we do things. Um, where if somebody did want to start their own kind of thing, we would be a resource, I'd say. We, uh, just to piggyback, um, we definitely keep in mind that, like, the atmosphere of the place is, like, one of the most important things. You got to be able to want to show up to work. You know what I mean? And there were so many days where uh, we knew that walking into the places we were working at was going to be such a shit show that you'd rather just fucking jump off a bridge to go to work you know what i mean like it makes you uh, like dread going into your job because you're like who's fucking slack am i picking up exactly that's another thing too it's like one of the only bennies uh working at uh luigi's was uh you could drink as much as you want as long as you didn't fuck up Mm -hmm. you know yeah and uh that gets pretty fucking old Uh you know what i mean especially when like even when people are like really exceptional at their job, when they're completely off, it just fucks up everything yeah. for everyone, you know? I dealt with a lot of like absentee owners and management and stuff like that. And uh, 
what really like makes me encouraging like motivates me here at this shop is like to take care of the staff is remembering who's doing the work you know what i mean like who's making the pizzas who's making the sauce if we're not doing it yeah. then like we have to take care of the people who are you know what i mean because that's the whole point the pizzas have to get made you know yeah and uh i feel like a lot of the people that i've worked for like forget that you know when they're just like showing up to pick up the deposits and stuff like that you yeah. know um i remembered some once i heard i think it was another pizza podcast or something i forget who said it but it was something like yeah this like the staff is the reason i'm able to like get any time off and spend time with my kids and i think that's what was missing because you know i had uh feelings of guilt of leaving the company i was with for so long and all this stuff and um you know kind of felt like I might be leaving that shop in a bad place and it was such a big part of my life and all that stuff and then I you know thinking about it from a different perspective I was like man I was busting my ass and working super hard um so that my boss could spend time with his family and uh and he was pretty much gone you know so it was like don't feel as bad anymore yeah or like even pursuing other interests you know like you with your podcast you know what I mean like I'm sure you got a solid team up a hot tongue that gives you this opportunity to pursue there's, other things. There's absolutely know? no doubt, and I'll give them all the praise. What you said is about family and like your boss not being around. I'm still around a lot, but I struggled very hard at Purgatory. I, I talk about it sometimes. I, I like basically lost three years of life with my, my fiance or my wife now, but like three formative years where she was walking the dogs by herself every weekend. She was not, I was not there. I'd come home. I'd knock out. She like, you know, I just wasn't there. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and then when I, the, the minute I started taking more and more time away, I started this thing. I would always feel guilty. Like you got to be the hardest working person in the room. You know, if I didn't put that 12 hour shift in, I was, I was shit. You know what I mean? Yep. And being able to let go and realize that me not being there actually gave more people, uh, as long as they had the right tools and mm -hmm. you were there when they needed you, mm -hmm. they actually got way more opportunity. And then and they, they got to grow. And they have the ownership yeah. over the place too. It's like our place, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, which is really nice to have a lot of people like embrace it as their place. Like you said earlier, people are here sometimes for a short period of time. Um, but it doesn't always have to be like that. You know what I mean? Like if you have a nurturing environment and show them the whole skill set, no matter what their background is, as long as you have buy-in and they're motivated people, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, give them the keys, let them drive, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think uh, obviously trust is like a really hard thing yeah. in the restaurant industry. And I don't know about you guys, but it, it kind of sounds like maybe we, we've worked for similar personalities where maybe like there wasn't 100% trust and that's kind of like why you... Or maybe there's too much trust. I don't know. I, I giving somebody trust to really not be here for me to come down to San Diego for the day, knowing that like the restaurant's not going to burn down, or that I can leave at 5 p.m. to go pick up my son every day and have that relationship with him. That's yeah, I could make a lot more money. Yeah, maybe it's going to take me a couple yeah. more years to get out of debt, but like for what? Exactly. You know, and I think a lot of restaurants don't get the time back. No, and 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 it's so normalized in this industry for sure to 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 fucking drive yourself you gotta have that dog yeah you gotta have that yeah. dog or you're yeah. not gonna be successful yeah. if i'm not here it's not the same i yeah. don't I, I just can't cash into that because yeah. i really feel like depending on like your processes and how good you are at training you, you shouldn't have to be here all the time yeah you know what i mean like, i just ate this pizza and i was saying i wish i got to do this 
before every pod. And I said, Matt, maybe not, because then I might have to lie. Like the product is good. You know what I mean? Did, you. you guys didn't make every single one of those pies, right? No. He did. You made every one? <laughs> he uh, worked this morning. Even that shitty cheese that came off the peel. Uh, that cheese was fire. Uh, I like, came the, off the, the peel all funny. I had to throw out three slices. And, <laughs> Even the crust the boss, was perfect. You can make a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's an important thing to remember, too. Oh, dude, know? and I think that that's like a, such a good thing for your staff to see, too. Yeah, like, you're human. Uh, like when you fuck up. Like I used to have a hard time with that, too, like owning a yeah. mistake. Mistakes are an opportunity to learn. That's right. You know what I mean? Uh and you gotta make a. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes, especially if you open a shop. You know. Well, what was the, what was one of the biggest mistakes you guys made here? Biggest? What do you think, Kevin? <laughs> so we hired this one. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> we probably. What, were you th- what do you think? I honestly, you know, I think we 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 did a Podcast. lot of. We had the benefit. Yeah. All right. The benefit of uh, doing the pop-up and all that stuff. So we, we know, knew pizza reasonably well, but the whole... Um, and we've both been operators too, right? Doing yeah. it out of our house for a long time. It's like we got the Detroit pretty close to where we wanted it, but it's, you know, it was, I basically went to pizza school. I was just like, oh, I really, I thought I knew everything about pizza. Like, oh, the pizza I make is the best. And then I was like, wait, there's... I've never heard of grandma-style pizza. I've never heard of uh, thin and crispy gluten-free my boss always said it wasn't worth it like all this stuff and i really just honed in on it and made a ton of mistakes during that process and you know recipe development or whatever um yeah but operationally setting up here it you know we had a pretty good we had a pretty good everything was perfect yeah the perfect (laughs) opening i mean the space is incredible it's on a corner here in san diego i don't know if you guys can tell but we are outside right outside of tnt if you're listening getting the authentic local experience yes uh it's wonderful it's beautiful out here uh but like you know this is like your quintessential fucking pizza shop you got the, the budweiser in here you got the slices right at the window those pizza hut lamp situations those are sick yeah the beers on tap when we got here it was just it wasn't turnkey so basically we'd saved up a bunch of shekels and uh we were going around trying to find a spot to turn into a pizza spot and uh real estate agents wouldn't give us the time of day they're like oh hi manage pizza shops that's cute um somehow we were finally got a real estate agent where we were just like on instagram does anyone know a real estate agent we got a a guy who specialized in uh, restaurants, but he wasn't working for us really for a lot. He was basically like, oh, there's a pizza shop for rent. Uh, it's got all the equipment. Was he a broker? He just like sent you properties? I guess he, he was, re- he was representing the, uh, the landlord here. Okay. He had like a chef friend who hooked us up with this guy who had had our food and she really wanted to see us do well. That was a really cool thing about doing the pop-up. It's uh, Everything you ordered on Instagram, right? So we got to know everybody who were part of the 20 pizzas ordered, 50 pizzas ordered for that service, you know? And um, people really wanted that. We got lucky to be able to build a community like that. You know what I mean? And not like having to pop the doors open on a shop and like uh, wait for it to come in. Like we got to schedule everything. We had four pizzas every 15 minutes, turned into eight pizzas every 15 minutes on the order form, you know? And... um, our friend Kathleen Weiss knew this guy who represented this place, and uh, it had been closed for like two or three years. 
and they weren't really trying that hard to get somebody in here so we really lucked out you know what yeah. i mean and it was as turnkey as turnkey brand could be new. it was a brand new build out they had tried to open a pizza shop for six months um uh didn't know how to make pizza just closed and uh the equipment was left in here so basically the money that we had saved up we ended up um I love that you have the kitchen like window right here too. It's the it's nicest incredible. office yeah, it's I've ever like, had yeah. in a pizza shop ever. Yeah. You know? Not bad yeah. at all. But then, uh, so we took everything. We have a... Um, well, we saved like 22 grand. We didn't pay ourselves at all. Was it a turnkey situation though? Did you have to pay turnkey money to get in no, here? No, key no key money. Just it was just ready to go. Are you renting this equipment or... No. Uh, no. Well, technically we don't own the pizza oven. We'd actually already bought the exact same just uh, Baker's Pride Y600 that we have in storage. So we we were ready to put equipment in. It yeah. had most of the equipment. I mean, overall, if you count the money from the uh, that we got from the pop up plus what we personally in personally put in, uh, we put in under fifty thousand bucks to get open. Incredible. Um, so Kevin and we did all the work ourselves yeah. as far as the. Uh, what about the sign? The sign was there, we took it, got it. Uh, redone, the plastic was there and we got it done by a sign company. Got it redone. All of the in, the uh, wood paneling walls were for some, from somebody's basement in Claremont, uh, free on Craigslist. Chandeliers? Those are all 25 to 75 bucks each on Craigslist. So was this counter already here? Counter was there, We had, the slice case was there, we had to buy an additional shelf to put more in. Did you um, did you move in here with beer, beer as well? There was no walk-in, so we had two, uh, they had a license though. We opened without a license. Okay. Yeah. Applied yeah. for the license. Kevin took his son and uh, dropped off stuff at all the the five hundred things. You have yeah. To do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All the places around here. Um, Although tip, at least from uh, San Diego ABC, if you're around a bunch of apartment buildings, apparently they're okay with you just posting a notice inside the. Uh, that makes things very nice. Yeah, that was. You know. Sometimes it, it can't like cost thousands of dollars to do the mailers. Yeah, to pay somebody to do it and all that yeah. stuff. But we got off um, yeah, most of the money on a we, very limited budget. Yeah, most of the money we spent was just on aesthetic stuff. You know, giving it kind of the Lots of work. Retro. Shout out to Jess, uh, the wife. My wife does construction work. Damn, and really? Also, yeah, she did uh, all the tiling. She did like 99% of the build. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing was government gray. We actually found a can of paint that said government gray was the color of it. So everything was just, you know, just the grayest, just... Yeah, not a place you'd want to go. Um, and also to Joseph's uncle-in-law, he did yeah. he did some work. He's uh, seventy-year-old man. Uh, yeah, he helped with a lot of electrical and some of the tiling. Uh, it's good to have family. You know what I mean? That yeah. like wants to see you succeed. Yeah. You know, um, the lights were a lot of fun to get. Uh, it was just driving all over Southern California on Craigslist and offer up and trying you, to get you a deal. Get those all in one place? No. Every one of those is a different purchase, except for there's two that match over here. Uh, but yeah, you know, if it's fun to open up the Craigslist app or whatever and see what you're looking for and be like, yeah, you know what I yeah. mean, and go get it. But yeah, Kevin was right about the price point. They were all really cheap, and now that we're potentially looking to open another one, it's uh, Damn, a how, little tough. You've been open for two years? Uh-huh. And we're already looking for number two? So things are going well. Yeah. Very well. We're, we're very grateful. How yeah. many uh, how many employees y'all you have? Uh, probably fluctuates a little bit between nine and eleven. Okay. Yeah. 
do you, uh, what's the percentage of sales uh, in like comparison to dine in and delivery and it's like the, it's the clean 33% yeah everything delivery yeah where what, what area well, no no it's like 60% is pickup and dine and you know what I mean yeah and then the other third is like third take party, out and delivery third party delivery yeah yeah do a bunch of that. what area are you guys looking at, at expanding into we want to keep that hush hush oh, we, we have somebody who's got a friend who's gonna break the story and we don't want to fucking step on <laughs> Baby. Oh my god. We have a couple uh things in the pipeline. One of yeah. with a very close friend that mm -hmm. involves wood fired pizza, which we've never done, so that should be So wait, you're you're gonna you're gonna flip up the concept? Fist style. Fist you're style, baby. Fist style fist, pizza? Fist, 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 fist style? Fist style yeah. pizza. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well it's like we already do a bunch of styles here, but uh we have an opportunity for a spot. Um what to have multiple ovens? No, just wood fired. Smaller, yeah, that would be the smaller, only thing up there. Uh, smaller wood fire. Thing, but. So the next location would just be wood fire. No, well, we got two things brewing. Okay. We got two you things brewing. A lot this model, okay, straight chula, straight chula, and then we have a good opportunity at this like little garden kind of thing that we can make look really pretty and do like a nighttime. And it would wood be wood fired thing and that uh wouldn't be tnt or that'd be it would be TNT fire. exactly tnt fire tnt gardens tnt fire fest. yeah tnt stands for tnt north park i know you know what I, in all of my research i didn't even i don't know how i missed that but you know who told me mr matt lyons oh yeah oh yeah. my god yeah. yeah we love matt he's uh thank you matt you're the been best so kind i'm sitting us. in your chair right now Yeah, apparently we're sitting in old tribute chairs <laughs> so these chairs are a tribute to you matt end table Oh, this is no. This is from our other. Oh, okay. This is from Joe. Stable sick. Thank you, Joe, all for right, the so table. You guys got a lot cooking on the back burner right now. Yeah, it's all. It's about to get crazy. When the opportunity Hopefully. strikes, you know what I mean. You gotta try and take advantage of it. We were hesitant to try and move forward with the wood fire thing because yeah. obviously we know this and we've worked on this concept for the last like two years, so we're a lot more confident in just popping this open. But we're lucky to have. Uh, a partner coming in with us on that one that'll bring her experience of like running a full restaurant to help us kind of adapt what we know and what she knows to make that work. So you're bringing in a third person? Mm -hmm. She's, I mean, she knows, um, she's a pastry chef. She's a event coordinator, uh, beverage program runner, best friends with my wife. What else? She gave us this uh, table. She's, what was she, the area manager for Shake Shack? She's uh, done a lot of stuff, and now she's running a restaurant up in North Park, and um, she also was, like, our in on the property, you know? And This uh, property? No, no, that one, okay. that we're going to do the wood-fired one. So that's out. happening. Uh, it's looking... Unless something holds us yeah. up, we've done research where it seems, you know, been in contact with the health department. And it's in North Park. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude, give... Watch out, Matt. Not close to you, Matt. No, Matt. Yeah, we're doing a different thing. Watch Matt. out, we're Matt. Doing a, uh, leave the guy different alone. thing, far away from you. No, I'm just joking. Can we you... have some questions, Matt. So uh, we'll, we'll there catch we go. There <laughs> you go. Hey, he's very open we, about we his knowledge. We need some wood-fired pizza lessons. Yeah. Uh, you need a lot of wood. That's yeah. you're you know, gonna need some wood. Fuel. You're gonna that... need some fuel. Don't uh, know where to get it. I love so. building a fire in my fireplace, but that's the one thing I'm most scared of is maintaining that that flame. Yeah. Uh, that is exciting and also scary, but yeah. that's when you know it's good, right? Yep. Yeah. 
Another thing that we've been really lucky with is uh, having really complementary skill sets and, uh, you know, the burden of all the work uh, doesn't just fall on one of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we both know how to step in there and work a Saturday night. You know what I mean? And uh, Do you guys have separate, separate, um, separate tasks in any way? Do you guys split everything together? We do fight about everything. Yes, yes that's kind of what I was getting at. What, yeah. What's the what's the worst part about having a partner? I would say that's our biggest mistake. Uh, the double back is, uh, you know, just um, not looking at where we agree as often as we look at where we disagree. You know what I mean? Like we should see where our stuff overlaps more than where it separates, because so, that's where we've. Uh, kind of found our music you know what i mean like our some of our best work has been when we're both just powering through it you know what i mean i i usually when there's a partner situation involved i always ask like what what is like the hardest part i think obviously i think you just said said it very kindly that it's it's best to concentrate on what you do agree on instead of what you don't disagree on is it is it is it tough to get over some hurdles sometimes do you guys ever do you guys ever fight or like have a go, we, go, we got a fucking what's it called a business therapist we had or like a third a, party yeah. i was gonna yeah. ask like is we there some, yeah we had like four didn't help at all where she basically didn't help us, at all she, did great. <laughs> she told she told us a bunch of shit we already know uh, but you know sometimes you need you someone hear else to say it. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well if he well. likes cutting the basil this way you're both <laughs> professionals right and you like tearing the basil. Can't he make the decision about the sauce? And you yeah, make the decision you? about the basil? No, the sauce is more important than the basil. Okay, our time is up. That'll be $250. Yeah, well, so they, you know, in that conversation, that little soundbite you gave us that she's talking about compromise, which yeah. I think is is everything, right? With yep. the partnership? Yeah. It's the yeah. most important thing. It's like figuring out how to negotiate and... Uh, do what's best for the business and not either of our egos. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we both have been doing this work so long that we both have real strong feelings about the work. Yeah. From A to Z, from not stacking slices in a fucking box, you know, a presentation of the food yeah. to how um, we manage the staff. You know what I mean? Everything. Um, and fortunately, coming from really similar backgrounds, like the time that I spent at Luz, uh, we have a lot of the same values about that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes uh, working together and, uh, you know, negotiating and collaborating a lot easier. But sometimes we get into the weeds about, uh, does this pizza need fucking Parmesan finishing on it or not? You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, little things like that, you know, and... Uh, Sometimes you have to just take a step back and be like, does that matter as much as I'm making it matter? Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of the time it's like, it's going to be okay. Because again, we're both reasonable dudes. If something's going wrong, we'll double back and fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if we made the wrong decision before, we'll go and correct it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and sometimes, you know, we go through spells where there's two or three months and we don't really disagree on anything, and then <laughs> something... No, pretty much. And then it'll come up where, you know, right now we're going back and forth on a couple things. That's it's fine. 
it's the magic. It's the magic of the partnership. I wouldn't do this with anybody else, dude. I guess it's too, it's a testament that like both of you care deeply. You know what I mean? And I think that's probably where the budding heads, like when you're just talking about like basil cutting and like the amount of oregano and sauce or like, uh, should we have an insert in a box or not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, those are all things that like, that say I give a shit. You know what I mean? I mean, it's the harder stuff that I'm sure you guys are dealing with too about like, but it sounds like you're on board. Like, should we open up another shop, you know? And that, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, it has, must've gotten, must've gotten pretty bad if you wouldn't saw a psychiatrist. Uh, we like, just wanted things to be better. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know and I, mean? I think that that's pretty progressive in a partnership to both agree to be like, Hey, let's, let's go like, let's go try this out. Yeah. It was, it was real. So opening up, especially, you know, starting from scratch, it was kind of like there was a lot of stuff that we had to negotiate and try to agree on. Um, and then the first couple months, you know, we were both working 90 hour weeks, uh, small, small staff, butting heads a lot on some of the stuff that we were, you know, just negotiating. But then, you know, as time went on and we're like, okay, wait, we can actually pay ourselves. That was a big lift off our shoulders. It's like, oh, wait, we're actually making money um, this butting head situation between like something pretty minuscule in a recipe or something mattered less and less kind of yeah i think yeah. it was also the working last once we were once we so we made like all the food when we started we did all the prep we Just did all the too. pizza yeah we tried to hire some people to help us with uh that work in the beginning but then it just ended up working out that uh we had maybe like one pie guy with us besides us, and then everybody else was counter and dish. And because we wanted to bring everybody up from that spot. You know, you do counter and dish, you do counter, you learn how to talk about the food, you do dish, you show us your work ethic. You know what I mean? And um, uh, all the people, our head prep person, our, our good old Wano, uh, who made all the whole ladder climb up the pizza making, they, uh, they earned these opportunities, you know what I mean? Um, which feels really good that we just didn't bring somebody in and pay them more than everybody else yep. to take a gamble on whether or not they're going to do the fucking work, yeah. you know? Um, which is a bummer when you do that. You know, at other places, bigger operations, you just got to do that because you need bodies in those positions, you know? But with both of us here, always willing to work more, it's we're I, well, I guess given the luxury of you just nailed it on the head you don't really have to but it's the the fact that you guys are willing to put in the work to like to, to hire people and and develop them because it is i think everyone usually agrees when we have this conversation that hiring the pizza maker that's been doing it for 10 years yeah, and comes in is like i've worked habits. at i've worked at all the places yeah and, and i know like, better than yeah. you oh and that's what my you're, god and that's, the prima donna and that's, yeah and that's what you're gonna get you're gonna get somebody that maybe can shell faster than you and yeah. that's gonna be slapping out pies on a friday night like it's no big deal but that attitude and that that their willingness to invest maybe in in like your culture and like what you're you guys are doing here is a lot less Totally. Yeah. Their buy-in is like, they know they're going to get another, they're good enough. Exactly. Yeah, they know they're anywhere. good enough. They'll be able to go to Prince street when it opens and make yeah. 25 bucks an hour or whatever. When that shit started, you know, um, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good leeway right into the Prince street conversation. <laughs> but what I want to ask before we get over this one is who is the fun boss 
And who is the scary boss? Oh, I'm definitely the scary he, boss. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Joseph brings everyone fucking burritos and shit. Nice. Yeah, I got to buy them back. You got to buy them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. the flower. Nice. So, so uh, Joseph comes to the pizza no. shop and he's, he's like, well, I got y'all burritos. Everything looks great here. See you later. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you guys didn't see Joseph's face. He wasn't... He gave him a little squint. No, yeah. he's... Um, you're the more feared boss. You you get angrier though. You're the one growling in the kitchen and shit, slamming dishes and shit. And he does, he's neither of us do that anymore. Um, but I guess I'm the one who gives more feedback. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, is it constructive or is it? It's in the, always is it like in the moment. No, like, I why'd you fucking out? burn yeah, the never, pizza? Ever. I had a mentor like that. I fucking love him, Matt Dejisu. Uh, has a shop in New Rochelle called La Rosa. Yeah. And uh, he was both of our boss. He was the area manager for Luigi's before Kevin was. He actually took my job. Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> he he uh, he gave me my first shot at making pizza and yeah. uh, really was a great mentor. But, you know, sometimes people just get angrier than they need to get yeah you know what i mean because at the end of the, at the end of the day it's all great the food's great dude. yeah you know like yeah. no reason to get all bent you know joseph is a more he's more like i'm gonna watch how you do it and tell you what needs to change i'm more joseph's accused me at times of uh training by osmosis yeah, where osmosis, he just expects yeah. people to like i expect people to watch how i do something and pick it up mm -hmm. which to an extent, it's true. We just have different styles. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's important to set an example of mm -hmm. how to do the job. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we both do that for sure. Um, I just, I guess, you know, I guess I'm a piece of shit. So I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, I think I, I pick and choose a little bit more where to uh, offer input if something's very important. Um, if it's not, yeah, exactly. If it's not... A if it's not a danger to the people or the product, then it can wait till the end of the shift to give feedback. You know what I mean? But if somebody's like trying to burn a slice and then serve it, you got to stop them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if uh, they're not having a great day, you know what I mean? You got to be like, hey, what's going on? You know what I mean? Or, that is like what you just explained, though, is the, maybe the toughest part about being an owner and uh, uh, operator yeah, to, and to, to, to be to be calm in those situations like no one got a therapy degree or like no one ever told any of us how to speak to people correctly and when you're banging out your fucking your friday night and like you see something like that and there's already been another mistake and a complaint and like you're kind of already on tilt it's it's really hard to stay in that like to, to, it's even sometimes hard to like for me at least or ha was I've gotten better because I usually just try to stay away from those shifts now. Uh, <laughs> is to to be able to know when to when to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, why are we burning slices? Make sure it's at two minutes or whatever your cook yeah. time is at. Hey, the oven got turned up to six hundred and fifty. Yeah, let's figure did out you, why. Yeah, this did is you happening. not see that? Yeah. But to do that common like correctly, and then or and then even really just knowing. I don't need to have this conversation about the service that was just given at the end of the shift. I'll have it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's then, all a huge piece of talent, though, to, to have that. Yeah. It's really hard to want to double back like that, too. You know what I mean? At the end of the service and you're done cleaning, you don't want to go back and be like, hey, this thing happened. 
what what's up what was your perspective on it you know what i mean um i think that i i think that that's so so important to give the space and then to, and then to bring it up because it's going to be it's easy to to hold it in as an owner if you don't i think then you build up a little bit of resentment when it happens again and at least you can have that conversation at the end like yo like yeah i i, I saw you know you're supposed to top the pc like this it wasn't that big deal in the moment because we were just slapping out the 20 pie order or whatever but like hey make sure like you, you stick to the yeah. whatever's on the wall for me the only thing you know because i make mistakes all the time i fucked up the pizza you ate um i burn pizzas everybody burns pizzas um if it's you know correctable in the moment in a nice way it's usually like oh hey that's a little too crispy you grab them a new slice you know just keep an eye on that no big deal the only time i get i kind of lose my cool a little bit if there's a bunch of mistakes in a row but it's you know i've been back here where it's like because everyone's like oh we gotta have a good work environment but it'll be like four burnt pizzas in an hour, but everybody's still talking about fucking Seinfeld or something. I'm like, okay, just drop the fucking Seinfeld. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't, doesn't Let's matter focus. what's on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't even, yeah, I don't like, say, I don't like, say yeah, it like that. Yeah, but, but it's I'm like, like, dude, stop getting on, like stop changing the song. Yeah, like Pandora. mistakes, yeah. make a dumb mistake, forget a pizza, no big deal. If it's something where it's, um, you know, just too focused on stuff that has nothing to do with the operation and mistakes result from that, I get a little, Get a little testy. I always say, and this might sound like an asshole thing, but I always say like everyone should be able to have like fun in the job and at the job if you're doing your job. Yeah. Like and yeah. that's and you yeah. maintain fun. It's a fun job. Yeah, it's a fun ass job as long as you're doing your job. But the minute like it's a Seinfeld conversation, like you're you're, you're you keep tra- like switching the song on the iPhone Ooh. and like and there's been four mistakes and all of a sudden like you're on the iPad somebody walks in and they give you a two-star review like yeah come Maybe on guys have yeah. you ever had a uh, an employee who say can't have a conversation while working at oh the same my time? yes that's yeah. so that's my big pet peeve because i'm like oh everybody talks and has fun at work and talk but i'm just like if somebody comes up to me it's just like hey what's so this and that dude your eyes are so blue yeah it's just kind of like <laughs> It's like at that point, not only are you not doing your job, you're distracting somebody else from doing their job. Yeah. And that's where I'm, you know, occasionally that happens. And we're really lucky too. I feel like in pizza, especially with like high volume pizza, most of the mistakes happen when you're slow. You know of what course, I mean? Yeah, like, no, I totally agree. I totally and, agree. And uh, we haven't, the slow shifts, we're generally here doing a lot of the heavy, or we used to be, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, and we're just not, slow enough for people to like you know like for things to snowball out of control yeah. you know like not saying like we're going crazy business wise but you know you know what i mean like those 200 dollars lunches I, you know where i 100 percent agree it's always like dumb shit happens when it's slow somebody doesn't get taken care of somebody forgets you know the side of ranch somebody didn't yeah. put the olipop in the fucking yeah the the bag for the postmates when like, you're on your three minute yeah, rotation <laughs> when you're like boom 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 yeah. i do this 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 you know what i mean like you, you're not gonna make yeah mistakes because that's yeah. all you're fucking thinking about is keeping up back to uh Prince Prince street. street p street p street pizza uh made famous from a, a little state the state of New York, a lot of uh, pizza heads out there. I don't know if you go. The listeners have heard about this place, New York City, uh, but they are transplant. They, tr- they they came to Los Angeles first. I think there's three locations in LA County. 
They just opened up down the street, right? Mm-hmm. Ten blocks. And were you guys were you guys anticipating this? Were you a little scared? Was is there any other pizzerias around here? There are, but they're maybe not as revered. We're, uh, yeah, you know, we're we're reasonably close to Luigi's, and you know, he's, there's good pizza there. Uh, but that's pretty- like old school. Sorry, you know, like it's like they've ne- they haven't changed their dough formula in 15 years or whatever. Prince Street is like doing three different styles. Like they're a lot more similar to our model, you know, than something like Lou's. It's like apples and oranges, you know. Yeah, Sorry. I think I think we. The week they opened up, we were like, oh, man, this what if our business will lose a quarter of the business? And it just never happened. It was, you know, we kept trucking. We're still new enough that, um, you know, it's not it's not like it's going up and up and up. Actually, our summer was pretty, pretty level compared to the uh, early months of this year. But, yeah, it, it's been fine as far as competition with them I yeah think. we there was like a buzz for maybe like four or six months before they opened they had they had the, the pr companies and yeah. all that stuff for sure well yeah like well what they're selling is like you know that that east that, coast flavor yeah. that yeah and i don't i'm not going to deny the fact that those, those i've never had it pizzas look great i'm i'm not the biggest fan of like other restaurants coming to los angeles and opening up because that's like i think what makes a restaurant like really special is is the stamp that they have on their city and you know everyone's really excited about a scars opening up on the in los angeles they're opening up like i think around melrose area and you know you get all this hype and all this love but it's like I, i don't know if it's just me but i just feel like there's so many other smaller pizzerias that are like putting their lifeblood into what they're doing that could that that deserve just as much of yeah. that buzz yeah. uh, as a place like that gets or a Prince Street gets. And I, but I think that like it's a testament that you didn't really see a dip in sales because I think a lot of people want to support as like a San Diegan like like restaurant that's from here. Did I say that right, San Diegan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Through the pop up or through starting in the house and um, us just like staying true to how we want to do it. I think we built like a really loyal community around the shop to where it's like none of our regulars were going to go to Prince Street. You know what I mean? It, what we were scared of is the tourists being in San Diego. You know what I mean? Yeah. Them getting all the runoff from baseball games and shit like that. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, again, that never really. Side note, us. did I ever run this idea by you? Okay. So. Prince Street has a New York water maker, you know? It's like a $40,000 oh, machine. that's a gimmick, <laughs> yeah. dude. But it's like uh, very prominently displayed. Like, I think they have a sign with like an arrow that says New York water maker yeah. kind of shit. But I was thinking, what if we took like, like a clear pipe out of the wall and then just had it like running like this <laughs> and fill it with a bunch of dirty water. <laughs> you know, like Balboa Park water stream. Like that's funny. It's funny. San Diego River runoff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, was thinking, I was thinking Detroit yeah. water maker because I was like, I figured Detroit doesn't have good water, but they probably do. And we don't do, yeah. you know, like your classic Detroit style and stuff like that. So we were fucking around in the beginning of saying we do San Diego style, like with all of our stuff, you know, because Kevin really did. Uh, you know, open the textbooks when it came to figuring out our dough formulas when we started this. We thought when we opened this one, since we only did Detroit out of the house, we thought since we'll do New York as well, it'll just be cut and paste what we know. And uh, Kevin was like, no, 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 no. We're going to put more love and work into this, you know. And uh, he really set us down a great path to have like an exceptional product instead of like an okay product. You know what I mean? 
What, what I love about this concept is I think I saw Kelly Bone like posted about one of the slices here. And what I love about this concept and, and probably where I see Hot Tongue going is, is what I did at Purgatory, which was really you're doing every style of pizza, whether it be vegan or it has Ezo pepperoni or whatever the fuck you're putting on it, but you're doing it at such a high level because I had your cheese slice. And although it didn't look the greatest because we, we lost the tip, <laughs> we lost the tip, right? And you didn't want to serve it to me. It was exceptional. It was perfect in every way, light, crispy, bottom. It was wonderful. And then I had the square, the vegan square with dill and pickle on it. What uh, was that ranch on top? Yeah, yeah that's a pickle pie. Uh, unbelievable. And having those back to back, uh, I just started eating cheese. You wouldn't even have known. But not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people can do that. And that's where like it makes it so accessible. You know what I mean? The, the Those people weren't going to be going to Prince Street. You know no, what I mean? Like no, the, there's no vegan shit there. Yeah. Like they're, they're, what I don't like about Prince Street is there's a bit of, there's this kind of like, fuck, like don't ask for ranch or ketchup or blah, blah, yeah, blah. New York like, attitude. Yeah, it's like. On the side. Th this is a place where, dude, come in even if you don't have shoes on and like. If you, you, get, know, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and get if a slice. If you want some of the you, best pizza yeah. you'll have, yeah. we got it. And, and if we're hiring, you got a job. Oh, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm just saying there, there's a lot of magic in that. You can see it in your slice display. You're you're doing high-tier shit at all levels. You know what I mean? Thank you so and, much. And that, that's like, it. it's also a big, it's a big piece of the pie to, to, to bite off. Because a lot of people try to do it, but like, it's like, Maybe they're gluten-free gluten sucker. Yeah. yeah, or they yeah. just throw dye on uh, the, the pie that they make. Like, you can see, you can just look at that pickle pie and be like, fuck, dude, these dudes are, yeah. these dudes are putting in, they're putting in work. It's fun. It's fun learning. We just started doing a tavern style recently. Um, and, you know, it's selling all right. We don't have representation for it in the case because it's just, you know, cutting squares. Um, fresh too. But right? that was a lot of fun to do the research and development on. And Are you par-baking the, the, the crust? We're not par-baking it. We're uh, actually uh, Matt from Tribute uh, told us about a trick because we were making, you know, super low hydration dough, a little bit of cornmeal in there. Um, we had a sheeter that came with the place when we got in here. We're like, sheeter, what do we do with this? Loaned it to my friend for a while. Um, and then looking into, uh, tavern style, I was like, oh, the sheeter could come in handy. Got it back, uh, sheeted them. And then we dry them out in the walk-in, um, just on screens. So cure they them. cure them, cure, cure them. Cure. So we cure them for, you know, 24 hours, 24 to 36 hours before they're ready to go. Wait. <laughs> I'll show you open? after the. Yeah. They just, they, they just stay open. Yeah. Air. Sitting open so on screens on the rack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Makes it like a real cracker. Yeah. Because it's hard if, you know, I think ours is 58% hydration, all all purpose flour. So is your Sicilian uh, dough different than your pizza dough? No, uh, same, same. Yeah. same. New York. Um, and then I read. Are, are I you, mean, it, it's different in as far as like we take it out of and stretch it in the morning and Proof it proofs it for like eight hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? And are you doing a sourdough pizza? A sourdough mix. The Detroit has sourdough in it, but it's uh, it's spiked with some ADY. Okay, and then I read that you're using organic flour. Not no more. No, <laughs> you can break that story too. It says yeah. No, we were doing essential uh, milling, and now we do funny, uh, dude. King yeah. Arthur. Okay. So it's still not bromated, but it's not. Organic. And that was so 
we're actually getting a better result now with uh, King Arthur, but we were always doing a mixture of high gluten and all-purpose flour. So New York would be more high gluten and a little bit of all-purpose. So we're using High Mountain and ABC flour uh, from Central Millie? High Mountain, what's the? Beehive? Beehive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. High Mountain and Beehive AP. mixed. Um, at some point, they had a shortage and a price on the bag of that spiked up to like 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody this morning about uh, flower prices going up almost 30% and he, he just moved everything to King Arthur. And you know what? Using or those organic central milling bags, like it is, it's tougher to get, you, you switch it out for a King Arthur and like your instant, like your crumb, your formation, your structure. Yeah. It's, it's we tougher getting, flour to use. We were getting, uh, I mean, we were happy with the, um, the central milling. It was just... $50 and we didn't want to, you know, as far as 50 bucks a bag, it's kind of like if you extrapolate that over uh, a whole batch dollars. of dough and yeah. it's like whatever, 13, 15 cents more per pizza or something. It's like we didn't want to make any shortcut shortcuts in that regard, but it was kind of a, like, well, why don't we try something else and see how it is? And then pretty quickly with minor adjustments to some of the recipes, it was like, oh, I like this better. And these are 22 bucks a bag. So, yeah. Much cheaper than fifty. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What kind of pepperoni you guys use? As a man, as a, <coughs> that is uh, that is the go-to these the only days. Way to go. Um, it's pretty good. What was it? Was there anything that inspired your vegan menu, or like the reason you went so hard on? My wife. Uh, yeah. Is your wife vegan? Yep. Okay. Like uh, since she was like fourteen or something like that, you know, like twenty-four years, uh, twenty-three years, she. Uh, there's so many times we would go to a pizza shop and uh, the only vegan offering would be um, some shitty take on a margarita that would just have tomatoes and basil and diet on it, you know? And um, when we were doing the pop-up out of the house, we figured out that we could do everything. Of the, we would do four pizzas every menu, you know? Uh, two were rotating and we were just like, we could do all this vegan. And then once we got into the shop, um, we were like, we can do all this vegan. And every time we like have added a pizza to the menu, it's been uh, a big thing for us to do our best to make a vegan parallel. You know what I mean? Uh, and you know, I think we've been successful in that so far, you know? Yeah. Uh, what vegan pepperoni do you use? We make it. You make your guys. Fuck, dude. All right, you guys are putting in work. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> you're not a fan. <laughs> no, no. I think it, our vegan pepperoni <laughs> I do like a lot. It's just uh, that's one of the labor intensive. Yeah, because uh, you're making seitan. You guys rolling it up in foil exactly. and shit. Seitan, tamale, making it like a tamale. <laughs> slight hand slicing it. It's everybody's least favorite job here. I'd yeah, say. It's yeah. true. For sure. So tried the robo coop with it. It works hard work sometimes. Out. Have you uh, have you tried beehive? I did like Beehive. I thought it was good. Um, we got a sample. Um, didn't really look into it further with pricing. Yeah, I think it's it expensive. is. Pretty it's expensive. Pricey. Yeah. But yeah, we we and we've gotten like really good reviews on our I bean bet. pepperoni. I bet. You know, so we it's came like, up with that that recipe. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do your research online, um, and you do just like with everything here in the shop. You tinker. You know what I yeah, mean? No and doubt. when things are coming out wrong, you don't lose your shit. You just say how do how did this go wrong? You know. 
and so a lot for a while we were like over mixing it so that it was like brittle when you cut it yeah. you know and um you just keep trying to do it the way you want to do it until yeah. it starts coming out the way you want every time you know do you guys make vegan sausage here too yeah tvp it, d- it, tvp mm-hmm. you just um you just seasoning that yep yeah so that's a little easier a lot okay right and we use soy curls for our fake chicken nice you know so i mean <laughs> man this is fucking we, hot on this block, shout out dude. to san diego's finest this is like no, butler soy curls so uh, this is product. like a super <laughs> low income housing okay here and there is uh we get our share of uh, police and uh not to say anything about the low income. That has nothing yeah, to do with no, it. It's, uh, Let's just say it's forever housing for people who have like uh, disabilities or will never work again. You uh-huh. know, they're like shoe boxes, right? But um, there's always something going on down here because it is East Village. Our Skid Row is two blocks away. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you drove by when you're getting uh-huh, off the freeway, but it's pretty brutal. You yeah. Know? Just like every major city in the United States. You of know? course. Um, but yeah, we have this is actually This is actually like a ghost town when we opened up in like 2021 you know what i mean like yeah not to say there wasn't anything down here but like the walkability has really gone up uh, yeah. since then you know well that's great for you guys yeah i think that yeah. um we were never downtown people before we opened this shop we had no idea how many like young people or potential customers <laughs> yeah. lived in these apartments and condos around here you know yeah i think about it pretty often though like i'm i like being around the hustle and bustle and all different walks of life and just the wild stuff downtown it feels you know neighborhood pizza shops are are cool too that we'd love to be in a cool neighborhood too residential nook yeah but um it just feels real you know i don't know downtown guys now you know where do you guys live uh, we live uh, about 10 minutes east okay. of here. Not bad. Kinda, not, not far. Yeah, relatively close. Yeah. Well, TNT's kind of got like a, it's got like kind of like a, a bit of a rock and roll vibe. I think it fits in with the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to open a jazz place. <laughs> a jazz themed pizza shop. Yeah, because everybody's got, the, old, the Pizzeria Luigi is all rock and roll and skateboarding. Um, which is kind of who we are, sort I, of. I think or? that's like essentially, I, well, wait, one sec. Yeah, there's a lot of punk rock pizza shops who like co-op the culture, you know what I mean? And uh, As you were, even though we're into all that stuff, I wanted to just do jazz, <laughs> you know? I mean, it could still be a jazz spot. I mean, with those chandeliers, you throw on some fucking... Oh, my God. Uh, I just think there's something about pizza that like has always attracted skateboarding, musicians, creatives, but, you know, I don't know. I think it's the flexibility of the job. At least that's what I have felt since like I was delivering pizzas at 23. It was always a place that you could go into. You could work hard. You could grab shifts. You could go dip to dip on tour or whatever and then come back and still have a job. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a cool once you get on the line and you get to make pizza, once you get good after that, when you become good at the work. Yeah, it's a, a really cool form of like expression that's really accessible for like working class you know, uh, line cooks and stuff. Like yeah. you can 
you know, you once you stretch the dough, put the sauce and cheese, and then cooked it all yourself, and then it comes out, and you're like, this fucking beautiful pizza is about to feed four people. I don't know. It's like a cool feeling that you can like take pride in that uh, I didn't find anywhere else in the food industry that I worked there. Most other jobs. We were mentioned Nordstrom's. I never felt as slimy as doing sales at fucking Nordstrom's. You know. Sales is tough though, like, cause you kind of you're you kind of like you're selling yourself, and I don't know. I mean, you're, I guess you do. Yeah, I guess pizza. You're still selling pizza. Nah, it sells itself. Yeah. You know, a we, bag, a nice bag will sell itself. You tell you what, uh, my you wife what. will look at a bag and be like, "I'll take that one," and I say, uh, "No, we won't." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the easiest, best sales are the easy ones, or somebody would just walk in and be like, "Can I get this three thousand dollar purse?" I'll and take I the was Dior, the, the Gucci the bag. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Can I get the, that Gucci bag and uh, the, the Dior, Christian Dior? Yeah, that shit was booty. Uh, it feels a lot better to do this. You know, even when I got laid off, there was like a... I had to decide if I wanted to get back into food and stuff, you know, or like go work at Costco. And uh, I'm really lucky that Jess reached out to me and then we were able to build this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because it, I just find it like really rewarding you know like it's really fucking awesome work to do you know like yeah it's not the dmv people don't come in here in a bad attitude you know all we got to do is do what we do and they're going to leave happier than when they came you know what i mean yeah like, if you're doing it with your whole heart and you guys seem to really i mean you can tell you can taste in your product that you believe in what you're doing there's like it's all it's all top notch here thank you appreciate it. appreciate it all right well I think we can uh, we can wrap it up there, that because that was beautiful. Oh my! That was God. beautiful. Uh, but I gotta ask the most important question of the pod. You guys ready? I know his answer. Can I answer? Oh for shit! Him? There's only one answer. <laughs> what is the greatest band or artist of all time? I'll start with you, Kevin. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I was actually, I think I listened to uh, you talking to Roy from Donna Jean the other mm -hmm, day, mm -hmm. and I was joking in my head before, like. Before, I was like, you know, I'm going to say Soundgarden uh, just as a joke. And then he said something about Soundgarden. And I was like, what? And I like Soundgarden. That's fine. But to me, there's only one answer. And that's uh, Robert Pollard and Guided by Voices. Um, Very nice pick. Very good selection. Um, over, you know, some, going on 120 albums. Hella consistent. It's got the four Ps, he calls it. It's got the... Calls it power pop, but pop, punk, psych, which starts with a P and not an S, and uh, prog. He's got all four of those in there. All the side projects are great. Um, I can't think, you know, unless you're talking jazz and you're going to say like Sun Ra, or if you're like some Frank Zappa freak. Jesus I don't Christ, see another. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I just don't see another answer. I don't know. <laughs> I like Frank Zappa. I love it. I love it, dude. I love it. There's not really like one answer, so yeah. I liked yeah. that there was multiple. So Pollard, Boston Spaceship, Circus Devils, Guided by Voices, The Moping Swans, The Keen Brothers, uh, Howling Wolf Orchestra. I could go on. You like music. I do. I like yeah. music a lot. Soundgarden rocks, dude. Soundgarden yeah. does. I'm, so your you know, real answer was Soundgarden. Yeah, there you go. Soundgarden are sick. I just bought a fucking... But the, don't get I bought the Gretsch guitar that uh, Chris Cornell uses. He uses it in the Black Hole Sun video. It's fucking sick. Wash Chris away Cotton. the rain. All right, you're up. You can say the same thing, dude. Corn? 
I'm just joking. Corn's uh, fucking sick. Talk about good, good work music. Corn's great. Uh, if you want to know any of our passwords here, it's corn suck. Because uh, what are you doing? What? <laughs> like our bank like with account? A K or yeah, like, yeah. With is, a there, K. is there any number? Yeah. In high school, my best. Is there any number? Is there any or numbers? Yeah. Just, yeah. My best friend, usually a one or a six one nine. My best. One or six six one nine. Uh, corn sucks. Six one nine. Just to be a nerd, I guess I would say uh, best of all time or my favorite. I've been listening. I I don't know. I always got to go back to the Velvet Underground. Oh, you know okay. I mean? Great, great. Um, local boy loves the Beach Boys and uh, stuff like uh, Prince and stuff. You know, can't just say one thing, but the Brian Wilson, Lou Reed. Prince. Prince is a good Some one. Yeah, those are all, these were great answers. Yeah. All great music. Nice to calm out, like zen out, make pizza to all that stuff. Maybe I should start asking this new question. What's your favorite thing to blast in the shop? Oh my God. Uh, well, when we opened, I played uh, a lot of ACDC. Nice. <laughs> yes, know? dude. <laughs> TNT on repeat. We did a, a slice day, one dollar slices to introduce ourselves to the neighborhood. We played TNT did, on repeat. How yeah, did that go? nine how, hours. How fucking gnarly was People that? still come in and say, "When's the one dollar slice day?" And you We're say like, never again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to play permissive rot. Shout out to Brian Carver. Uh, <laughs> I just joined his band. They're called Permissive Rot. It rules. Uh, Available on Spotify. No, music's cool. It's definitely always been a thing with us. Kevin's shown me so much cool shit, like, working together. Uh, he has a prolific record collection. Like, I'm talking, like, tens of thousands of dollars worth of records. And um, he, like, introduced me to The Replacements. Great band. And, like, a bunch of stuff that uh, I ended up, like, pursuing myself, you know, that um, I don't know if I would have ever exposed myself to without, you know, you showing me. Play your ear, listen to the, the record Flies on Sherbert. Oh, dude, shit. I was going to wear my big star shirt, dude. I yeah. didn't want to look like too much of a, a cool guy, but uh, I had my big cool. star shirt on this morning, and then my son spit on it, and I didn't get to wear it. Alex like Chilton. A, Alex Chilton is yeah. top, I would say, top 10 songwriter. Yeah, if for I could me. put a fourth person in that fucking Mount Rushmore, I would say Alex Chilton, because I fucking love Alex Chilton. Yeah. I went through a whole phase where I was like, this is the best. He was writing world. songs that sounded like just, he was super drunk at the time. So it was all like the sloppy flies on Sherbert oh box bottom God. kind of shit. I loved it. High Life. You remember that song, High Life? Oh my God, you're yeah. so sweet. One time I we played a show, we covered that whole album and got like, we drank two bottles of H&H. You gotta do it. And, and then performed the album live. Oh, And it was a yeah. shit show. Talk about the tw or your 20s, man. Ancient Oh, no, this was last week. Oh, no, yeah, it was definitely <laughs> my 20s. Yeah. A band that we were used to be in called Viper Squad together. Yeah. Damn, yeah there was a sick. lyric called, uh, what was it? it was like, An empty bottle of ancient age is the only way I want to rage. Go. Uh, yeah. It was sick. Yeah. yeah. I can, High life in ancient H &H. age. You yeah, know, you, tear them up. Forget everything else. Yeah, I can taste it. Just thinking about, <laughs> I can see what the bottle looked like. I got I got strangled that night. Anyways, it was a good one. Is there anything I missed? No. Anything man. you guys wanted to, to, to say that 
What well, before we wrap this thing up? Any uh, shout outs? Yeah, shout out to our whole staff. Uh, we love y'all so much. Without y'all, we wouldn't be able to do this, like at all. Shout out to our wives. Again, without y'all, we wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, and uh, shout out to you, Kevo. Love you. Love you too. Oh my God. Um, all of Joseph's shout outs, I just want to say, fuck the health department. <laughs> <laughs> sanitizer does not need to be used. It's ridiculous. Okay. Big sanitizer okay. is a problem. Um, they uh, do you sanitize? Do you, do you sanitize your dishes at home? And then you what? They don't let you dry them with a rag, like it's fucking bullshit. And then they use this. You make they use the sanitizer product that makes stuff dry a little bit quicker. And then you have to buy their test strips. We're not into it. We sanitize everything though. Fuck big sanitizer. <laughs> Use Dawn, baby. Dawn, baby. Dawn for life. If it can clean the little oily ducks, dude, it can and clean it can our clean dishes, dish, dude. And then you rinse yeah. it, and that's it. I don't want no sanitizer on my goddamn dish. Let me taste it. No Let doubt, me. no doubt. Um, but yeah, thank you, Alex. We are... I appreciate you guys giving me the time. Uh, I do want to ask where should uh, where should the people go to bug you or ask you about your 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 delights or or hit you up? Where, where's the best way to find soon, you guys? Uh, but Instagram is where you can see our whole fucking story okay. from back when we were doing the pop up. We still have our menus and stuff up on there, and uh, it's cute to see people liking stuff from three years ago. You know what I mean? Yep. Been open two years, website coming, ETA, two, <laughs> 2025. Somebody's got to write the catering blurb, and then it'll be done, yeah. brother. You guys have great branding, by the way. Who did, who, oh, who yes. did it? Oh, yes. Huge shout out. Thank God you said something. Our buddies, uh, Dusty and Taylor at Mortis Studios. Um, we have a couple of pizzas for brains. Anything that looks cool about what we do, the colors, the logo, it's all been them. And... Uh, they're good friends of ours, you know. Uh, when we were doing the pop-up out of the house, they were doing the menu every week. You know what I mean? Just yeah. doing the menu. Um, and again, that's like the community fucking They're big us time up. too now, you know? They, they really are. They work with... They did a turnstile video, I think. They, they do were, uh, they, work for Fender and Patagonia and yeah. shit. It, good job, boys. Yeah, yeah, they're doing great work. You're... Every, the branding here is great. The color is, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, they, they asked us, they gave us a bunch of models and uh, we were like, let's go with the yellow and red one. And they're like, no, nah, we're gonna go with the pink and yellow one. It's beautiful, <laughs> you know? it's beautiful. And the name yeah. is incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, boys. Yeah, Thank you for great. your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for considering us. ACDC forever. ACDC Back in black. Yeah. Soundgarden, we're out. <laughs> Boom. Dude, thank you, dudes. I don't wanna go up. I don't wanna go down.